You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Wednesday, November 24th, the day before Thanksgiving, and I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn, this time from Chicago, the Chicago area. Is that right, PBH? How you doing, my friend? You got it, buddy. Back in back in the good old Midwest. I'm a- I might even get in the car and drive to Ann Arbor. You never know. <laughs> All right. We're also joined by fellow contributor Chad Plummer from Cleveland CP. What's the word from the 216? What up? What up, boys? It's all good, man. Just, uh, you know, a little uh, pre-turkey day. Just, uh, getting a little nerved out, boys. I'm uh, I'm excited, man. I'm glad we're, uh, glad we're on the line. Excellent. All right. Well, of course, we're here today to preview number two Ohio State's matchup with number five Michigan in the big house this coming Saturday. But before we dive into that, gents, we didn't really have a chance as a group to talk about Ohio State's 56-7 to bludgeoning of Michigan State last Saturday. Now, I know we're a little pressed for time today, but our listeners already know where I stand on that result. Paige, I want to start with you. Are there any quick thoughts you'd like to share about that performance before we dive into Michigan? Could that be the greatest half of football that the Ohio State Buckeyes have ever played, offensively and defensively? Like, it would have to be yeah. up there. Yeah, the only other compa- uh, comparison I have at the top of my head right now is is the Big Ten title game against Wisconsin back in 2014. But but this was more impressive than yeah. that. It was insane. I mean, they could literally score at will. The only thing that was going to stop them were, were themselves. Uh, uh, and then you know, like you start coming up with the mercy rule, you know, <laughs> thoughts like literally like, is this little league? Can, can we just stop this? Because this isn't even funny anymore. It was just so bad. Like, oh, oh. my gosh, they were just firing all cylinders. Um, it was awesome to see. So uh, my only thought is, you know, let's let's keep it up, man. Don't let your foot off the gas here. Let's, let's see that Buckeye team. That's the Buckeye team, obviously, we want to see moving forward. That was just awesome. Chad, how about you? Uh, any thoughts from last Saturday's performance against Michigan State you'd like to share? Well, I'll tell you what, first and foremost, my big thought is that, like, you know, for a, for a while, um, I can't remember the last time where I was actually, like, high-fiving, you know, having a great time and, yeah. like, at the end of the first quarter, be like, yeah, this is awesome. What? I was like, I don't know what this feels like. <laughs> nah. But, I, you know, I think – both sides of the ball, we executed very well. I mean, and when you hold that uh, that running back to what was it, Walk twenty-six the third. yards rushing, uh-huh. um, you know, yeah. So that that uh, made me kind of feel a little warm and fuzzy. I mean, I, you know, it's it's we're making strides on the defense, and I think that was pretty uh, pretty nice way to step up there. So you know, that's a you know long ways to go, um, but we're getting there. So like when it's, when it really matters, I think we're going to be hitting on all cylinders. But I mean. C.J. Stroud, our receivers, I mean, our offensive line, I mean, I mean, it's 
we dominated. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was nice. Yeah, it was really nice to see. It was a lot of fun to watch. Two weeks in a, a row, basically, of just kind of kicking back, relaxing, and enjoying the show without, without virtually no stress. And I had said to you guys on our pod last week during the week that I felt it was important for the Ohio State defense to play well, even though it didn't matter against Purdue. And it probably wouldn't have mattered against Michigan State if the defense had turned in kind of another clunker, because I think that the offense was just that good. Ohio State was going to win either way. But I was really happy to see the effort and the energy from the defense, right? That's what really stood out to me. Okay, let's turn our attention to the game. This Saturday, number three Ohio State visits Ann Arbor for a winner-take-all showdown with number five Michigan. The East Division crown, a spot in the Big Ten title game, and more than likely a spot in the college football playoff are all on the line in this game. The line is Ohio State minus eight. The over-under is 64 and a half. The game is a noon Eastern kick on Fox with Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt on the call. It's hard to believe this, but Michigan still leads the all-time series 58-51 to with six ties. Now, as we all remember, last year's game was canceled because of a COVID outbreak at Michigan, but the Buckeyes come into this game winners of eight straight over the Wolverines and 17 of the last 20. Jim Harbaugh is 0-5 against Ohio State since becoming Michigan's head coach back in 2015. Against Harbaugh, Ohio State is averaging 44 points per game and winning by an average margin of 19. That includes a 56-27 laugher in Ann Arbor in 2019. That was the last time these two teams met. And a 62-39 blowout in Columbus back in 2018. However, many of the experts will have us believe the 2021 edition of the Wolverines is different, and it just might be Jim Harbaugh's best team since he's come to Michigan. And looking at the pro football focus team grades, they actually like Michigan quite a lot. Michigan is fifth nationally with a grade of 93.1, according to PFF. That's only three spots behind the Buckeyes, who are two nationally with an overall grade of 94.3. Now, Michigan fans will tell you the identity of this team is its defense, and it's under new leadership now with Mike McDonald, who came to Ann Arbor during the offseason from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so no more Don Brown uh, at Michigan. And PFF really likes the Michigan defense. They have it rated number two overall, just behind Georgia with a grade of 93.1. I want to dive a little deeper into the stats for the Michigan defense, but before we do that, I want to I want to just mention... Michigan's 11 previous opponents and where they currently rank in total offense. I'm actually not going to mention the opponents by name. I'm just going to mention where they rank in total offense. 26, 110th, 36th, 119th, 75th, 17th, 112th, 45th, 122nd, 84th, and 50th. So not exactly the murderer's row of offenses that Michigan has seen so far. And the best of those offenses, number 17th, that was Nebraska. Pretty good offense in Nebraska. And that was actually a very close game. Michigan was very fortunate to win that. That game was played in Lincoln. Michigan escapes with a 32-29 to win. Uh, they took advantage of a, a late Nebraska turnover to kick the game-winning field goal in the closing minutes of that game. But Nebraska moved the ball on the Michigan defense in that game. I believe they finished with over 430 yards of total offense. So I, that's just something to keep in mind as we dig a little deeper into the stats for the Michigan defense. Now they come into this game ranked 10th in total defense nationally, giving up 306 yards per game. They're 10th in defensive yards per play, giving up 4.67 yards per play. They're seventh nationally in scoring defense, giving up about 
points per game. They're 31st in rush defense, giving up 128 yards per game. So not quite as stout against the run as as I would have thought. They're eighth against the pass, and this is where they really excel, Michigan, uh, 178 yards passing uh, per game. Now, this is where I thought the stats were a little interesting. Michigan, while they have two very good edge rushers in Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabu, you would think they'd be ranked a little higher in sacks. Uh, but they rank only 37th nationally in sacks with 29 on the season. I thought that was a little surprising. Also, the Michigan defense, only 95th nationally in tackles for loss. They're averaging about five tackles for loss per uh, a game. I found that a little surprising. Also, Michigan, only 90th nationally in interceptions. As a defense, they only have seven interceptions this season. They're 22nd nationally in forced fumbles. Funny enough, that's tied with Ohio State. But on the whole, this is a defense that you know, isn't as disruptive as some of their other numbers would suggest. And funny enough, Ohio State actually, as a defense, ranks much higher both in sacks, tackles for loss, and interceptions. Ohio State is ninth nationally coming to this game in in sacks. They're 19th in tackles for loss as a defense. They're 30th in interceptions with 11 on the season. And as I said, they're, they're tied with Michigan in forced fumbles at 22. So funny enough, and you wouldn't know this looking at some of the other numbers, it's Ohio State that actually comes into this game with the more disruptive defense when it comes to getting after the quarterback, getting into the backfield, and forcing turnovers. Now, among Michigan's top-rated defensive players, according to PFF, are, of course, defensive end Aiden Hutchinson. He has a grade of 93.2. He's Michigan's highest-graded defender. He's also the country's top-graded defensive player, according to PFF. David Ojabo, their other edge rusher, opposite Aiden Hutchinson, he also grades out very well at 84.6. Now, both Hutchinson and Ojabo have registered 10 sacks apiece, and they lead the Michigan defense in pressures. Hutchinson has 53 QB pressures. Ojabu has 36. That's 43% of Michigan's total QB pressures this season. After those two, nobody on the Michigan defense has more than 16. And Hutchinson and Ojabu account for 20 of Michigan's 29 sacks this season. That's 69% of Michigan's sack total. A couple other names I want to mention. And then, boys, I want to kick it around to you to give me your view on what you're going to be watching when Ohio State has the ball against Michigan's defense. Safety Brad Hawkins is another name to watch for the Michigan defense. He's their second highest graded defender, according to PFF, with a grade of 85.1. Finally, senior linebacker Josh Ross is Michigan's leading tackler with 80 tackles. 42 of those are solo. Ross is third on the team in tackles for loss with seven and a half. Okay, Chad, I want to kick this to you. What are you going to be looking for when Ohio State has the ball against Michigan's defense? Well, I mean, it's going to start, I think, up front, obviously, with the offensive line. Um, You know, they've got to be uh, in sync. I thought they played really well last week. Um, I think this defense, obviously, which was mentioned earlier, is probably their strong uh, point. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's going to probably be the best defense we've, we've faced all year so they're going to need to be in sync um no you know obviously there's going to be a mistake or two made on the offensive line but let's try to keep those the penalties um those things to uh as few as possible right um one thing that's interesting is that like this is going to be the first time um 
I'm not sure if it's the first time all season, but I think it may be that all three running backs are going to be healthy and ready to go. Oh, I like that. Um, That's a good point. On Saturday, so you're yeah, so you're going to get uh, you're going to get Meatball, which I know he doesn't like anymore. <laughs> my aunt Williams, you're going to have Master T because you know I've, I've, we've all seen like Trey Trey. You know he's our he's our base, but he's gotten nicked up you know a little bit. So I think that's going to keep him fresh throughout that game, and then you know obviously. Um, what more can you say about that receiving core and uh, yeah. old CJ Stroud? I mean, so you know, I think it's going to all start up front, and yeah. uh, hopefully, uh, that that that's going to be the framework there, and then just allow us to, to do what we're going to do. PBH, how about you? What are you going to be looking for when Ohio State has the ball and Michigan's on defense? I think it's pretty simple um, as I've been thinking about this, and I, I'm, I'm nervous for the game, right? Like. Let's just be honest. Like, I mean, my my concernometer is is way elevated, but <laughs> I think it's only because of everything that's riding on the game. Yeah. Right. So if I give myself my own advice that sort of I gave you last week and said, hey, just don't think about that. Just and, and remove the uniform. What about Michigan is actually even remotely scary. Mm-hmm. So the biggest tell for me, you know, from a whole team and then down to specific individual players. So here's my tell is. If Petit Pereira and Dewan Jones grade out as champions on Sunday or Monday, whenever they do that, then Ohio State's going to win this game. Mm-hmm. They're going to probably win it convincingly because Hutchinson is their only deep, he's their only difference maker. There's nobody else really on this. I'm not saying they're bad, but there's right. nobody dynamic. There's nobody that really scares you. So take away that guy and do what you do on offense right like chad said right we know how good the receivers are we know the running game is going to be awesome if we can limit what hutchinson can do and i want to see the guy do it if you're the number one rated defensive player in the country then go out and prove it yeah but i think you know they and uh, you know they'll be able to scheme around him and you know i love what you said when we talked about um the kid from purdue and said hey we've got you know an All-American at, at, you know, left guard. I want to see what he can do uh, against the, the kid from Purdue, Cal Flaccus or whatever his name was. So if we can do that, we're going to be fine. Karloftis, yeah. The only other thing, that, yeah, Karloftis. Uh-huh. The only other thing that kind of worries me is, you know, let's just be honest, this is the biggest game in Stroud's career. Uh-huh. I wonder if he has some nerve and some jitters, um, you know, maybe through the first couple series. Calm him down, mm-hmm. um, get him settled in, and but but if if he plays up, you know anywhere close to how he's been playing these last few weeks, I think I think we're gonna we're gonna win this game and we're gonna win it easily. I, I like the point you make about Stroud because, uh, as you both know, he's he's pulled into the lead, you know, as the betting favorite for the Heisman after the performance after after these last two weeks, quite frankly. And how does he handle the weight of, of those expectations, right? Does, does he get caught up chasing his Heisman moment, try to do too much in this game? And that's an intangible that, you know, if you're looking at the stats, maybe you're not thinking about. And look, this is a rivalry game and you have to take into consideration intangibles like that. So I really like that point. The one good thing about that is like, I feel that Ryan Day is, you know, has the ability to keep him calm so you know i mean obviously first instinct would be to you know come out with some jitters the first time you're playing the big house but you know whatever um i think i think they can keep him calm 
Yeah, he's in good hands with Day, isn't he? I mean, this is not the first time that Day has had to shepherd a first-year starter through his first Michigan game, right? And also on his way to New York as a Heisman finalist. He's done it twice before. Exactly. Right? Although in the right. case of Dwayne Haskins, he came in, in the, the year before in relief of JT Barrett in the 2017 game, but it was his first time as a starter in 2018. And then, of course, Justin Fields, his first Michigan game in 2019. So yeah, Day, Day is, you know, if you have to have this situation with a first-year starter starting his first Michigan game, it's Brian Day that you'd want handling it, and there's a good reason to trust yep. his track record there. Um, you know, Michigan's other defensive end, David Ojabo, he's no slouch, and I don't think he's quite the technician that Aiden Hutchinson is, and he might even be benefiting from the fact that Hutchinson exists to put up his numbers, but he also has 10 sacks this year, like Hutchinson. Not quite as many pressures. I think I'd mentioned earlier, Hutchinson with 53 QB pressures, Ojabo with 36. But Paige, I like the point that you make. If this really does come down to the matchup with Nicholas Petit-Ferrer and Dewan Jones, I don't want to repeat what you said, but uh, just to kind of elaborate on that point, NPF and Jones have given up a total of three sacks between them this season and only two other hits on C.J. Stroud the whole season. So I think at best, because I'm looking at where does Michigan have a clear advantage in this game? And honestly, I'm having a little trouble finding a lot of them. I think at best for Michigan, this is a strength on strength matchup. You know, these two defensive ends against our offensive tackles, I think it's a stalemate. Now, maybe Hutchinson Ojaba will prove me wrong, but I, again, I don't see a clear advantage in this particular matchup. And I think a lot of fans are pointing to this as, hey, this is where Michigan has the advantage. And I I wouldn't be so fast to to say that because I think in NPF and Dewan Jones, you're probably looking at two NFL first round draft picks at tackle, right? right? I mean, absolutely. we, We match up very well. Uh, in that regard, and then if you want to, you want to line Hutchinson up inside, which you know, which is what Purdue did with Karloftis. Well, then you got to square off with a Lombardi finalist in um, Thayer Mumford. So I think Ohio State is of any opponent Michigan has faced so far this season. Ohio State is very well equipped to deal with that pass rush up front. Um, you know, a lot of talent there, a lot of depth there as well. Um, I'm also anxious to see if there's a little extra something, something from Earth, Wind, and Fire in this game after the Bolitnikoff finalists were announced earlier this week. Purdue's David Bell, Bama's Jamison Williamson, and Pitt's Jordan Addison were named finalists. Olave was the only Buckeye to be named a semifinalist. It, it, what an absurdity that what, is. I mean, uh, that's absurd to when me. When you first sent that text and I looked at that, I was like, what in the <laughs> fuck is this uh, You got to be kidding me. I mean, that is one of the biggest right. stories of the college football season is this trio of receivers and how they're all on their way to 1,000 yards receiving. They're going to shatter the record books. And what a what a total whiff by the Bolitnikoff voters. I mean, that's embarrassing for that award. It is embarrassing that they couldn't it is. place at least one of these receivers as finalists. Only one Ohio State receiver was a semifinalist, and that was Alave. So it'll be – I just want to see if there's a little extra motivation there for, for those three in this game. I, I have a feeling we might be reminded about their greatness. Uh, they might have a little, a little message for the Bolitnikoff voters in this game. All right. <laughs> yeah, and it, it also makes you wonder, you know, even if they don't feel it, does they feel it, right? Oh, like, yeah. I, not that he's holding anything back or, you know, up until this point, but, you know, it's got to piss him off as maybe even more than those players. And he's like, I am going 
to light you guys up and you know yeah to show you what a bunch of fools you are as voters <laughs> and who even knows who the voters are but I, I can totally see day taking that personally I, I so could I he was asked about that during his press conference I think yesterday and he said he doesn't typically like to comment on awards but he did in this particular case he said look you know I think you have to be able to look at more than just stats uh, to, to, you know, place the, first of all, the, all three of these players for Ohio State have the statistical profile of a Bolitnikoff finalist. But uh, I think you have to oh, go on more than just stats. And, you know, Jamison Williams and, and David Bell technically have more receiving yards. But, you know, you have to look at impact on the game. You have to look at the fact that a lot of these guys, these three guys didn't play in the second half of many of these games because they, Ohio State blew their opponents out. Anyway, I think there could be some added motivation for, for those three in this game. And I, I would love to see them explode against that Michigan defense on Saturday. All right, well, let's have a look at the Michigan offense. I'm going to go through some stats real quick, and then I want to get your takes on what you'll be looking for from the Michigan offense against the Ohio State defense. Michigan comes into this game 24th nationally in total offense, averaging 448 yards per game. They're 38th in offensive yards per play. So, you know, good, but not super explosive. They're averaging 6.28 yards per play. They're 15th in scoring offense, averaging about 37 yards per game. They're 71st in passing offense, only averaging about 229 uh, yards per game. And, and that's a, the stat that really stands out to you. Pretty ordinary throwing the football. Rushing offense, they're 15th nationally at 218 yards per game. Um, but yards per rushing attempt, they're only 29th. So they kind of get their rushing yards by volume, right? Lots of attempts, but uh, they're pretty pedestrian in yards per attempt, just over five yards per game. Um, running the football. Uh, let's have a quick look at their personnel on offense. And then Paige, I'm going to kick this to you. They're led, of course, by quarterback Cade McNamara. McNamara is completing 64% of his passes for 2,142 yards, 14 touchdowns, two INTs. Now he's only been sacked six times. And Michigan's offensive line, along with Ohio State's, by the way, is a semifinalist for the Joe Moore Award, which goes to the best offensive line in the country. Now, we know Harbaugh will also yeah, yeah. sprinkle in a little bit of the uh, the five-star freshman J.J. McCarthy into the offense. But, you know, McCarthy has not had a big role this season. He's, he only has 38 pass attempts for 348 yards passing, four touchdowns and a pick. And really, you know, McCarthy's probably most notable this season for his fourth quarter fumble against Sparty that allowed Michigan State to take the lead and eventually win the game. So it'll be interesting to see if, if Harbaugh goes to McCarthy at all in, in a game of this magnitude. Senior Hassan Haskins leads Michigan rushing with 1,063 yards and 13 touchdowns. He's averaging a solid but not spectacular 4.9 yards per carry. Now, it's unclear if second leading rusher, Blake Corum, will be available on Saturday. Corum has missed Michigan's last two games with an injury. But if he plays, Corum's a pretty explosive uh, player. He, if it were not uh, for the injury, I think Corum himself would likely be over 1,000 yards rushing. At the moment, he has 778 yards rushing and 10 touchdowns. Real quick on the Michigan receivers, and I think this is an area we should really pay attention to, guys. Michigan lost their best receiver, Ronnie Bell, in their season opener. After Bell, they've had no real difference makers at receiver. Junior Cornelius Johnson leads Michigan in receptions with 34, receiving yards with 539, and in touchdown receptions with only three. So he's Michigan's leader wow. in touchdown receptions with three. Look at, I mean, after Johnson, yeah, that, right? After Johnson, it's a group of mostly inexperienced players 
who've had some nice moments but haven't been very consistent. Uh, we remember fr uh, freshman Andrell Anthony had six catches for 155 yards and two touchdowns against Sparty. But since that game, Anthony only has three receptions. Sophomore receiver Roman Wilson had two big touchdown catches against uh, Penn State, but those are his only two touchdowns uh, of the season. Tight end Eric All, he's Michigan's second leading receiver with 31 receptions, 324 yards. Now All caught the game-winning touchdown against Penn State, but that was his only touchdown of the season. And last week against Maryland, Michigan wow. offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis, I think he got a little desperate, to be honest, because he turned to his freshman five-star running back, Donovan Edwards, for help in the passing game. And now that paid a little that paid some dividends. Edwards what? finished with 10 yeah, yeah, 10 catches for 170 yards and a touchdown, albeit against a pretty dreadful Maryland defense. But I think this tells us a little something, guys, about the state of the Michigan passing game uh, when they have to look to a freshman running back for help in the passing game. So they seem a little desperate for playmakers there. Okay, all that said, Paige, what are you going to be looking for when Michigan has the ball against the Ohio State defense? Are, are we playing Michigan State again? Because everything that you just described <laughs> is the same thing Michigan State does or did. Uh, and how did that turn out for them? Like, Not good. You know, it, not well. Um, what is scary about this offense? And, and by the way, you know, they might be pretty good. And by the way, it's good enough to, you know, win nine games in the Big Ten and that soft non-conference schedule that you have. But we know as, as, as much as anybody, that's not enough to be the team like Ohio State. Yeah. And, you know, when we go up against the Clemsons and the Alabamas, you know, sometimes what we have isn't enough. I don't see anything that they do on offense that makes me nervous. In fact, the, the offense that they run – is the offense that this defense is best equipped to stop, just yeah. like Michigan State. So, you know, I, 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 I do think what will be interesting, though, is does, you know, I've read some articles where they're like, hey, Michigan's got to play like a ball control style of offense mm -hmm. simply to keep our offense off the field. And I'm yeah. like, that isn't going to work, right? <laughs> because, you know, you, you can't go – you know, three and out and, you know, be five of 16 on third down conversions and expect to beat a high state. So he's going to have to pick his poison. So I, 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 you know, so what am I looking for? I'm kind of like intrigued what kind of scheme Michigan is going to try and run. And it, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, they're going to do their trick plays and they're going to do their screen passes because yeah. they do it every year. Mm -hmm. But schematically, I think they're going to have to go for broke and, I, I would don't think, think so. That they're going to be able to do it to beat this Ohio State team because no matter what, we're going to score some points, and their offense plays right into our defense's hand. And so, yeah. good luck to you. But I don't see how that that's a winning formula. Yeah, Paige. To to, to go back to what you said last week, this is another Tommy Eichenberg game, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> right. Yeah. And by the way, Tommy Eichenberg delivered last week. Really he played well really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CP, what are you going to be looking for when when Michigan has the ball and Ohio State's on defense? They're obviously a, a run football team. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be big for the linebackers. Um, you know, not allowing any big, you know, big runs. You know, obviously that starts at the defensive front. But you know, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty damn good about those guys right now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, linebacker, that's been something we've talked about all season. So, you know, I'd see get Steele get in there and, you know, ball out. Um, you know, there's just some players that I'm looking forward to, like, like you know, obviously in our defensive backfield, Denzel, 
playing the slights out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's like, playing well. I feel like Cam Brown, Cam Brown I feel too. Like, I feel like yeah. Cam, that's who I was going to say. I think Cam Brown's looking really, really nice. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, let's not, <clears throat> we can't have like Zavejas or any of that bullshit, you know. Cavazos, yeah. We're going to have yep. to, I'm going to have to, I, I want to that. make you write Cavazos, legend Cavazos on the chalkboard like a hundred times until you get it right, CP. Right. Until <laughs> I get it right. Exactly. Right. You're right. I'm just Damn kidding, buddy. Cavazos. 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 There you go. So, so, and then, you know, it's like what I'm also looking for is the, um, just being like, you know, obviously it's like just popped in my head about last week. Harbaugh is—he really is a fucking idiot because they—they, <laughs> they, I mean, there—you know—there was no reason for them to um, run this trick play that they ran last week because it was actually a, a brilliant play. I don't know if you guys saw that, but mm-hmm. why, when you're up thirty-one to ten, would you call that play against Maryland? When, you know, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you exactly? Why wouldn't you save it till this week? <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I'm just a fucking idiot, man. But anyways, I. I feel good about the defense, the direction we're heading in, man. I, I feel like we're gonna like we're we're gonna be ready for this game. So you like that matchup, yeah? You just reminded me of another play. Uh, only it was in the Penn State game, and it was actually Penn State that executed the trick play. But Penn State lined up to punt on fourth and short on their side of the on Michigan side of the field. Michigan suspected a fake punt, called a timeout. They came out of the timeout. Penn State ran the fake punt anyway and converted it. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. The Michigan, you know, they, we sniffed oh, it out. Man. They're like, they're going to fake. Let's talk about this. They talk about it. They go on back in the field and they give up the fake punt anyway for a first down. <laughs> um, so, uh, Paige, I, I'm with you. I, I feel like maybe, and maybe this is an oversimplified view, but I would expect Ohio State to load up against the run. You make Cade McNamara and a bunch of nondescript receivers try to beat you, right? To take away, take yeah. away Michigan's ability to control the clock. You You referenced that you know, with the run game and force McNamara to make throws. And this is a game where I think, look, you pl- play to your strengths, Ohio State. You, you're good at stopping the run. You're good at creating pressure. Now, you know, it'll be a bit more of a challenge going against a good Michigan offensive line. But it is worth noting, by the way, boys, Michigan State's offensive line is also a finalist for the Joe Moore Award. And the Ohio State front did a pretty good job last week, I'd say, against that unit and Kenneth Walker the third. Right. So kind of, you know, echoing your question, Paige, does Michigan have something in the passing game we haven't seen yet? And will it be enough to keep pace with the Ohio State offense? Because that is the name of the game. You got to keep pace with this Ohio State offense if you want to have any chance to win. And if Michigan finds themselves down a couple scores early, I don't think that offense is really built to come from behind. Yeah, I just think Michigan has got to come out firing, right? They're yeah they they, they get down they're going to go into a quick sand sandbox yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right all right well let's let's get to some concernometer scores I know we're a little pressed for time guys so we'll move things along here pretty quickly concernometer scores Paige you mentioned your concernometer is kind of like uh, buzzing there a little bit smoking there and a little have, bit yeah what's yeah, your totally. score I I have it's six only because of everything that's riding on the game if you took that variable away. Um, and after, you know, doing this pod, it's, I, I'm really at a two. The only really reason I'm at a six is because it, you know, something fluky could p- perhaps happen and yeah. that would suck. I mean, it, it basically yeah. is the end of a high state season. Right. And so, 
Uh, that's why I'm, I'm, I have this elevated nervousness and like, <laughs> you know, that pit in your stomach. But, uh-huh. you know, like if you sit here and think about this, I, I don't really see a whole lot of reason to be much more concerned than a two. Right. Um, and so, so what's your official score? I'm, okay. I'm a four. I'm You're a four. four. You're a four. Okay. Yeah. And you know, some of that nervousness is probably 51 years of conditioning as well. Like, yeah, you know, totally. it's in your the DNA, PTSD my friend. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> CP, how about you? What's your concern on meter score? When I was um, responded to the South fans text about when we we're going to do the pod, you know, I was like, I, you know, I don't want to miss something. I started getting nerved up a little bit Sunday yeah. morning when I woke up as, you know, coming off that big win and I'm like, oh man. We look so good, and this is a big week. And you know, this is really the kind of the first year that Harbaugh is kind of like made it publicly known that like there's more focus on the Buckeyes now. And they mm-hmm. put the, the count, they put the, you know, you know, took copy to, you know our countdown. You know, right. So yeah, it only took him seven years time. to get there, but uh, yeah. Yeah, Good for you, Jim. Right. I guess when you get your ass kicked, <laughs> yeah, right. Let's run a trick play against uh, Tulsa, but. uh you know, so I, I, I want to say that I'm, you know, I, I rarely go over, or, or you know, a five. Right. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to go a five. Um, a five. Okay. But uh, that's, that's where I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick at a five. Um, you know, I get, I always get butterflies and like, you know, twist it up inside there. Uh-huh. But <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'll good. Leave it at a five. All right. Right. Right at the right in the right in the middle of the five pager at a four. I'm at a three and a half. And I, I want to. There's a couple of things that mm. I said on Sunday's pod. Now I'm nervous. Not now you're nervous. <laughs> not, dude, <I'm, laughs> not, oh boy. <laughs> I want to repeat just a couple not of things guilty. I said on on, on Sunday's <laughs> pod here because I think they're they they inform my concernometer score here. Look to me, Harbaugh is using more or less the same formula this season that he's used since he arrived in Ann Arbor in 2015. Good defense, solid but not explosive running the ball. Ordinary throwing the ball. Not bad throwing the ball. Just ordinary. And that has not been good enough to win this game. It's not even been good enough to keep Michigan close in many of these games. Paige, you've already referenced that. And if that's all we're going to see from Michigan on Saturday, I'm sorry, I just don't see how the result's going to be any different. And maybe this team can keep it a little closer than the 2018 and 2019 games, maybe. And maybe there are some intangibles. Paige, you made reference to it. Maybe, you know, uh, CJ Stroud's a little nerved up now that he's a a Heisman front runner in many people's eyes, you know, things like that. Maybe Michigan can play the disrespect card. You know, maybe Harbaugh is able to harness that, right? Remember last year when Michigan had to cancel because of COVID, a lot of people came out really critical of them, you know, accused Michigan of yeah. ducking Ohio State. Even Kirk Herbstreit went so far as to say they were, I think he said, ra- waving the white flag. Um, so maybe they, right. could, maybe Harbaugh can harness that and play the disrespect card and, and, and have this team playing with an edge. It is a rivalry game, so you have to leave room for that sort of thing. One other thing from last Sunday's pod I want to repeat, Michigan and Ohio State have six opponents in common for this this season. Rutgers, Nebraska, Michigan State, Indiana, and Penn State, uh, and Maryland. And Michigan is 5-1 and one against those opponents, outscoring them 194 to 121. That's a point differential of 73. Ohio State is 6-0. and 73. Okay, so just 73. Ohio State is 6-0 and against those same opponents, outscoring them 287 to 85. That's a point differential of 202. So think about that. Wow. Point five and one point differential of seventy three versus six and zero oh, point differential of two hundred and two, and of course the one common opponent that really stands out is Michigan State, who handed Michigan its only loss of the season, and Ohio State just beat by seven touchdowns. 
And that's why I've got my concernometer set at three and a half. So let's do some score predictions here, boys. Paige, I'm going to start with you. Give me your score prediction. You know, the other thing before I do that. Sure, go ahead. Coaching matters in this game. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, coaching matters in general, right? And I actually think Harbaugh is a pretty damn good coach. Um, and, he, you know, he might have Michigan at its ceiling. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, dude, I, don't you just feel like Day wants this game more than Harbaugh? Like, this is personal for Day. Remember last year he talked about hanging a hundred on them yeah. after Harbaugh said whatever. Yeah, like I, which was amazing. I just think Harbaugh had accused Day in a press conference or before a Big Ten press conference or during a pre- Big Ten press conference. Uh, you know, all the coaches were on it, and I think he had said something to Day about uh, you know practicing too much or skirting the the, the Big Ten or the, the NCAA's practicing rules or something. And Day said, "You worry about your own team." And then, and then it was after that he yeah. privately said to his team, "We're going to hang a hundred on him." Uh, anyway, sorry, go ahead, BBH. Well, so, the, you know, that's the other variable mm-hmm. to me in my mind. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go, let's, I'm going to say 49 to 23. 49-23. Like wow. <clears throat> okay. Wow. 49-23. Right I like that. I like that. CP, how about you? I'm going to say Michigan will only score I'm going to say, I don't think I'm thinking 17, but I'm going to say 13. Okay. Michigan 13, Buckeyes 52. 52, 13, Buckeyes. Woo. Well, I mean, yeah, hey, look, I mean, that's not that, it seems like an outrageous prediction, but if you look at the last two results between these two teams, right, in 2018 and 2019, it's not really far off (laughs) the actual result, right? All right, 52, 13. Right, look. Real quick, I just look at some of these players like Olave and, you know, Garrett and a couple of those guys, like, you know, that didn't get to play this game last year. And, like, this is their last, like, you know, we're on the brink of the college football play. I mean, I just think there's these guys are going to want this shit, man. I like it. I, I have Ohio State 42, Michigan <laughs> 17. Now, I have a feeling we might see a little more of Travion Henderson in this game. You you made reference to this, CP, earlier in the pod, how Ohio State it looks like they could be healthy, have all three of their lead backs healthy. The coaching staff has been judicious with Henderson's carries recently. He, Henderson only had nine carries against Sparty, only 13 the week before against Purdue. And let's, let's face it, frankly, they didn't, they didn't need Henderson. But it was good that they were, I thought, very smart of them to, to kind of dial back his workload in those two games because he has been a little nicked up. Now, our friend Bill Landis at The Athletic thinks Michigan might show Ohio State more two high safety looks in this game to keep Olave and Wilson from beating them deep. If that happens, Michigan shows Ohio State a light box. I think it could be a big day for Henderson. The other thing is in the 2018 and 2019 blowouts, Michigan did put up a lot of points in those games. But those teams had Donovan Peoples-Jones, Nico Collins, Ronnie Bell, Tyreek Black. This Michigan team does not have any receivers that compare to that group. So I think Michigan's going to have no, some trouble scoring. Yeah, I think they're going to have trouble scoring against, I think, a motivated Ohio State defense that matches up pretty well with uh, with what Michigan does well. And I think the one weakness we have, which is pass defense, I don't think Michigan's good enough to exploit that. So Ohio State 42, Michigan 17. There you have it. There you have it. Um, hey, look, I know I know we got to get out of here. Time, Sorry, go ahead, When CP. is the last time Z, though, Ben, I mean, that uh, – that Z had a concernometer of a game of this magnitude that was like a three, three and a half. 
Yeah. 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 That's crazy. I love it, Dozy. I love it. That's making you guys nervous, huh? Well, I mean, I think it's consistent with, I've been, for the last couple of years, I don't want to, you know, bore everyone repeating myself, but I've had serious questions about whether this is a rivalry anymore, whether Michigan really cares about it, whether they really prioritize it. Ohio State and Michigan are competing in different, on different planes right now. And and I think that's the case this year too. Everything that I'm looking at suggests that it's, it's, it's the same deal. But they, hey, they could prove me wrong. We'll see. We'll see uh, what Michigan team shows up and what they show us. Um, one other game I wanted to ask you guys about, and then I know you guys have to jump, Auburn-Alabama. Do we think Auburn might have a chance in that game? Alabama's look shaky, shaky, shaky. And this game is at, Maybe, yeah. it's at, it's at Jordan Air Stadium, at Auburn, rivalry game. You know, Auburn has been a thorn in Alabama's side during the Nick Saban era. Uh, Bama's a 19 and a half point favorite. The over-under is 56. Do we think Auburn has a chance to pull the upset there? What do you think, CP? I'll tell you what, man. Crazier things have happened. I mean, you like you, you alluded to it last week. I mean, Bama, that, that, that game reminded me of like the back, almost like when they played Florida. And look how bad Florida ended up yeah. being. They were horrible. Right. I mean, Florida could have won that game. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, were, they had their chances. But like, I, you know, I mean, I don't, this is definitely not um, a Bama team like that, you know, has the talent, I don't think. I mean, they got a lot of young talent, but it's, it's not comparing to the last couple of years. So right. I think Auburn's their defense is there that could give them some problems. So, yeah. you know, I, did you say what, did, did you, did you know what the line was? Dean? Yeah, the line is actually a pretty big line, it, though it's on the road uh, for, for, for Bama. I believe it's 19 and a half. I just actually, I just, yeah. Bama 19 and a half, minus wow. 19 and a half, over under 56. I think, I think I might take uh, Auburn in that one. Yeah. Okay. PBH, how about you? Yeah, absolutely. I think Auburn's got a shot. I mean, it's a rivalry game. Bama's definitely not looked good. I mean, I haven't watched much Auburn, but right. 19 seems excessively high to me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, what year was it? You know, Bama kicked the, tried to kick that field goal and <laughs> Auburn ran it back. Oh, crazy <laughs> shit happens in 2013. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, yeah, it might be a puncher's chance, but yeah, why not? I'll yeah. roll with the Tigers on this one. All right. Great. One last thing. Who comes out of the, the Big Ten West? Uh, right now, Wisconsin's in the driver's seat, but they have to go to Minnesota, play a tricky rivalry game. They lose that game, and, and Iowa wins. I believe that puts Iowa in the game. Who do you, who do you guys like? Iowa plays a, a rivalry game themselves. They play Nebraska on Friday after Thanksgiving. That could be a really fun game to watch. If you had to guess right now, who's your money on coming out of the West uh, into the Big Big Ten title game? CP? The Badgers. Yeah, you got the Badgers. Yeah. yeah. Boring. The boring Badgers. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be the Badgers too. How about you? How about you, PBH? Yeah, it'll be Wisconsin. It's always Wisconsin. Like, <laughs> yeah. They have to redo these leagues. It's yeah. just absurd. Like, come on, guys. I know. Totally. It's Stop a, the madness. Death taxes in Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game, right? I mean, it's, you can almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, fellas. Hey, listen, thanks so much for making the time. I apologize for all the technical issues here. I got a little bit of editing to do here uh, before we post this episode. I want to wish you both. Yeah, thanks a, for making it happen, bro. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for being flexible with your schedules today. I want to wish you both a very happy Thanksgiving and we will reconvene next week to talk about how Ohio State performed against Michigan. You've been listening to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.